0: here here at least in vegas have a lot of rules about your rig has to be 10 years old or newer or else they won't let you in which Uh oh okay i know i thought anything would go in vegas right but apparently they have a lot of have a lot of rv rules
1: welcome to the tiny house lifestyle podcast i'm your host ethan Walpin, and this is episode 148 with hannah Doss. If it has wheels, chances are someone has made a movable tiny house out of it. On today's show, the it I'm referring to is a 1985 railroad camp car. My guest is Hannah Doss, who converted said railroad car into a gorgeous movable tiny house in just three months and for less than $9,000. She's going to tell us how she did it for so little money and how she did it so fast. So stick around. Is this the year that you're finally going to embark on your dream of living tiny? If you're serious about building or buying a tiny house in 2021, then I'd like to personally invite you to my online community where you can connect with other tiny housers, get your specific questions answered, and get support on your journey. Tiny House Engage brings together tiny house hopefuls and DIYers to share plans and resources, learn from each other's challenges and mistakes, And celebrate our successes so that we can feel less alone while we build faster, safer, smarter, cheaper homes and embrace the tiny house lifestyle. Whether you're a tiny house dreamer who's still figuring out all the systems, plans, and everything you need to go into your tiny house, or if you're actively building, Tiny House Engage has the resources for you. There are professional contractors in the community here to answer your questions about plumbing, electricity, ventilation, carpentry, and there's also plenty of interaction between members. If you need some encouragement or just need to know how someone else solved a particular problem, you'll get those answers in Tiny House Engage. I'm also very active in the community, answering questions and keeping an eye on things. So if you want to interact with me on a daily basis, this is a great place to do it. To learn more and register for Tiny House Engage, go to thetinyhouse.net slash engage. Registration is open Tuesday, February 9th, and it'll be open through the following Tuesday or whenever we get 20 new members, whichever comes first. I can't wait to meet you in Tiny House Engage, and I know you'll love your new Tiny House community. All right. I am here with Hannah Doss. Hannah renovated a 1985 railroad camp car into a tiny house in only three months and for less than $9,000. Then she wrote and illustrated a children's book about the renovation. She's been living tiny full-time for three and a half years in Las Vegas. Hannah Doss, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm excited that you're here. Um, when, you, when you emailed about the children's book, I was just so, I mean, the book looks beautiful, but I was also really blown away by your tiny house. Um, So I was hoping that we could start there and just start with, you know, what is a railway trailer? Like, what was this used for?
0: Yeah, so these um, rail cars, um, some were on the rails and some were always on tires. This one was always on road tires but they would take these trailers and park them next to the rail or on the rail for railroad men to sleep in, in remote locations. So, you know, logistically, it's a lot easier to just have folks there next to the rail site. And, you know, when you're really, really far away from the nearest hotel. And so they would be outfitted with six bunk beds this one in particular had six bunk beds and a um a kitchenette and a shower and then they gutted a lot of them and turned them into meeting like meeting rooms that they could tow around so this one was gutted into a meeting room when i got it luckily
1: okay Mm -hmm. and so how what's the like length width and height of this thing
0: it's 29 feet long eight feet wide and eight feet.
1: All ceilings. Okay, so on the larger end, lengthwise for a tiny house, or about average, but but you don't have a loft or a second floor at all. Correct. Right. So, what was the process like for you? Or actually, maybe can you tell us about like how you found this? Was this were you like looking for a rail car, or did this kind of happen? Serendipitously, Maybe you can tell the story of how you found it.
0: Yeah. So I knew that I wanted to live in either in a fifth wheel or some sort of tiny house. But I had less than I had like less than $10,000 to my name. So I didn't think that building a tiny house was in my budget. So I had totally set my mind up on fifth wheel trailer and I was going to renovate it and make it really cute, like a tiny house on the inside. But my parents kept trying to talk me out of that, especially my mom. She kept saying that they weren't insulated well or their slide outs might leak and that I just needed to keep my mind open. And so my dad worked for the railroad and knew about this auction that they had coming up. And he said that they might, that he had heard that they were going to have some of these Railroad camp cars, and that they could make a really good tiny house, the auctions are up open to the public, so you know anybody could go to these auctions the railroad surplus auctions and so we went I looked they had like maybe fifteen of them i they were all in various different shapes, some of them were missing doors and all of that and I noticed one uh, was on the list, but they didn't have the condition of it listed which all the other ones they did and so I think a lot of people must have thought it was dilapidated but it ended up being like the best one there and luckily a lot of people weren't there for its bidding so I ended up getting it for $300 and the the trailer that just like it that went right before it was in worse shape and went for $1,500 so I got really lucky Wow. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. So it's $300 for a an existing structure on a trailer mm-hmm. ready to tow away. Yes. That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> I
0: know. I scored the jackpot for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, for people who are trying to build tiny on a budget, like the trailer is the usually the one biggest expense and they're buying a trailer Ooh. with nothing on it. So. Did you have much time to inspect it or did you just kind of take a leap and you know hope that axles were okay and like all that kind of stuff
0: yeah it was a leap i mean my dad has a lot of knowledge he's a hand just a general handyman so he was able to you know like visually inspect it and say i think it'll be fine but yeah we just had to take a leap of faith that it would actually roll nicely and that the tires hopefully would make it to the next state over. Well, from Alabama, to Tennessee. Um, and they did, I had no idea if the heating and air would work. It did have those units, but they ended up, I'm still using those same original units today, the heat and air. I did get a mini split for Christmas. (laughs) We'll see how that install goes. But yeah, it was a lot of faith and a lot of luck. Amazing. Well, again,
1: congratulations. What, so how are they constructed? Are they, are they like SIP panels? Are they framed? Are they, yeah. How are they made?
0: Um, They are framed aluminum. And um, so the outside was in great shape. It's got a few dents, uh-huh. but I'm too worried about that. It doesn't have any rust. Um, and so it was framed on the inside with wood. And so we gutted some of that wood out because we, when we did remove the, plasticky paneling on the inside we did find some carpenter carpenter ants so we replaced that wood and then re-insulated it with housing insulation
1: nice and so you you left the outside the outside walls are original yes nice and Mm -hmm. and then what about um like windows and doors were you able to use what was there or did you did you replace
0: um the doors are original um the door behind me um, has a nice window in it. So does the one in the back. They had the screen doors, luckily, too. So I got really lucky there. The windows were the single-paned, not great insulated type of windows. So we did knock those out and then put in double-paned house windows, as well as I cut in some huge picture windows, what my dad did with this big fancy saw. So that I can have a lot of natural light in here. So we did make uh, several windows bigger.
1: Awesome. And then you had mentioned that, that some of them had kitchenettes, but yours had been gutted. So, um, you know, how did you do the kitchen?
0: Yeah. So the to lay out my house, it was my mom and I, uh, we drew, she drew up a, a house plan to like a box, a rectangle to scale on graph paper. And then she cut out all of my furniture to scale, like how big a toilet would be, how big my dryer would be. Even she even had like the little door on the dryer swing open so that we would make sure there was enough clearance on the door. And then we played around with the layout that way. So I ended up putting my kitchen in the center of the trailer. I got all of my cabinets off of Craigslist. Um... $100 $100 for all my cabinets. I refinished them and then didn't use all of them, so I sold the remaining cabinets for $100, so basically free cabinets, right? Wow. Yeah. Um my counter, kitchen countertop was donated to me as well as my sink faucet from a neighbor who was redoing their kitchen. Um so I was able to have Lowe's mix me up a countertop paint and so I painted it a nice color that matched my kitchen. And so my kitchen is, I, I do wish I had a little bit more counter space. I've been thinking lately about how, you know, you can make those hinged countertops that come up and just have like one leg that just swing out when you need them. Um, so I'm thinking that that might be, after I put my mini split in, it'll free the, I have a huge, a big column next to my kitchen that the heater is in, the original heater. So once that is gone and I have my mini split, I really could use that a lot more storage and maybe some swing out countertops.
1: Awesome. So, what was the one biggest expense in the in the whole $9,000 house?
0: Oh gosh. Um my toilet, but it didn't have to be that expensive. Um my dad got me a fancy toilet that I really didn't need, but the perk of it is, is it doesn't have a tank so that I don't have to worry about water sloshing around when we drive it anywhere. Interesting. Yeah. So
1: it's a flush toilet, but it's tankless.
0: Yes. But other than that, I would say it was probably the windows or the insulation.
1: And how how did you insulate it?
0: Uh, With R13, I believe is the number housing insulation just from Lowe's.
1: Okay. So probably like fiberglass. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I I love this story because I think that it, it just goes to show that you have to get creative. You know, if you want to live tiny and you have a budget, you, you have to get creative about how you do it because, you know, starting with a $7,000 tiny house trailer, you know, you're never going to hit your number of $9,000 if you start with a $7,000 trailer. So, you know, finding a different platform these railway trailers for example um such a creative idea and just gets you started gets you in the door for such a lower price i mean even if you had paid 1500 for it that still would be a deal in my opinion
0: Right. right yeah and they came in different sizes my dad actually bought one that's about 10 foot longer and has i think 10 foot ceilings it is at the max capacity of what his dually could could tow though it did actually break an axle on his truck, and that's completely. Un- oh no! Yeah, that's unfurnished. So I would this this trailer after it's fully furnished weighs eleven thousand pounds. Okay. So it's not a lightweight situation.
1: No. Well, I mean, also I think what's what's cool about this is that these railway trailers were clearly built to last. Um, you know, from the outside it you see these driving around, you'll see like a job site trailer and they look, I mean, they look pretty cheaply built. They look like RVs, but like clearly this railway trailer was built to last. And it reminds me of an interview that I, that I did a couple months ago um, with this gentleman who used an ambulance to convert into a a van. And he kind of mentioned the same thing about how much better built the ambulances are than RVs because they're really built, they're work vehicles. They're built to last, and so I think that's that's another kind of interesting hint to kind of like look for look for a platform that was built for for work.
0: Very true. Another thing I will say too is, like RV parks here here at least in Vegas have a lot of rules about your rig has to be ten years old or newer, or else they won't let you in. Oh, okay. Which. I know. I thought anything would go in Vegas. Right. But apparently they have a lot of have a lot of RV rules, RV park rules. And so when I would call and I'd be like, hey, I saw that you had this rule about the 10 year um, year old or younger rig. My my rig is technically the outsides from the 80s, but it's completely renovated. Everything's brand new. Is that okay?" And they would I had a lot of people just go, no, 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 no. And so that was a hard realization because I came to Vegas not even having a confirmed place to park this thing. And so that was nerve-wracking. I had a migraine for like three days coming across the country with this because I had no w- where to park it. So I did end up finding a privately owned RV park that makes their own rules. They still had that rule, but they said that, you know, with the, the owner's permission, on a case-by-case basis that they would let me in and so they looked at it and they're like oh yeah this is great come on in so that was scary for a little while but
1: yeah and so with the flush toilet are that's all plumbed in at the rv park where you are yes nice nice
0: yeah i it it did have holding tanks underneath that came with it but they did need a little bit of welding work to them and um, I had just planned to to come and park this thing in an RV park and commute to work every day, so I didn't worry about restoring those tanks. When I, you know, I was fresh out of my master's degree and, and spent every cent on this trailer. Yeah, that wasn't a problem for me.
1: So, other than than you and your family, did you have any other help on this project?
0: We had my one of my dad's friends come and do the electric electricity. Um and we bought all the supplies for him and then paid him like four hundred dollars to s- stay some days and we traded him like, you know, we'll babysit your grandkids and entertain them while you <laughs> do this. Yeah. And then we did have some really great neighbors who came and stuffed in some insulations and uh just had of goodness of their heart. So we did have a little bit of help yeah. there as well.
1: Well, that's awesome. Well the- One, one more thing I want to ask about the house before we kind of turn to the, to the book um, Mm -hmm. is um, the mural, the paint job on the outside. um, Can you tell us the story of, of that? I'd like to tell you a little more about Tiny House Engage. Tiny House Engage members are also able to listen live as I record these podcasts and interviews and ask questions of our guests. So if you're a big fan of the show, Tiny House Engage is a great way to get an inside look at the tiny house lifestyle podcast and get access to episodes weeks or even months before they go live on the feed to learn more and register for tiny house engage go to the tinyhousenet slash engage registration will open tuesday february 9th and it'll be open until we get 20 new members or for one week whichever comes first i can't wait to meet you in tiny house engage and i know you'll love your new tiny house community
0: yeah i would love to so My friend, his name is Scott Muir, Mm -hmm. he, um, or Tubes Muir is his, uh, like handle name. Okay. But he lives in Roanoke, Virginia, and he's a spray paint artist. Um, he's, um, super, super funky and great at what he does. And We actually met because we were both being represented in the same gallery, and I ended up really loving his art, and he really loved my art, and we did an art trade. And so that's basically what we did here with this mural. I had a big sculpture I had done, and so we basically traded this mural on the outside of my trailer for that big sculpture. And so he came up for like three days and worked on it. I told him I just wanted like a man— he had done an image that kind of inspired me, but it was like a it was a mountain range with a man's face uh-huh. in it, and I was like, "That's kind of what I want and so I found an interesting old man's face on the internet <laughs> and then was like, "Can you kind of work this into a mountain range and I want him to have a waterfall beard and He was like, "Okay, so." Yeah, he did it in about three days, and we did leave the back of the trailer mostly blank because I wasn't sure how well the mural would be received in conservative RV parks either. Uh-huh. So that I could turn it if they had a problem with it, you know, so right. people couldn't see the mountain.
1: And how has it been received?
0: Oh, people love it. Yeah. They keep asking me, who is, who's that man on the mountain? Is it from the Lord of the Rings? Or, I'm like, <laughs> 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 no, it's, it's a mountain man but that's the beauty of art is up to people's interpretations
1: though. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, some, some folks in the chat who are watching are asking, asking if they can see the mural. Um, and I actually, I can, I can show it. Um, oh, I think I can show it. Um, yeah, let's does that work. Maybe. Hopefully people are seeing that. Um, you know members of of my online community tiny house engage get to kind of listen in and and ask questions as we do this live um so yeah. hopefully they're seeing the mural and and I know that um maybe your family is also listening
0: yeah i know my mom's
1: probably out there my nice. mom nice <laughs> well um so when did you Decide, or how did you decide to to kind of turn this experience into a children's book?
0: Um. So on a three day drive out here from Tennessee, where we renovated the the tiny house, I was in the car with my mom, and I drove up my Volkswagen Bug I had at the time, and my dad was driving by himself in the truck full in the tiny house. Mm -hmm. So it was just me and my mom, and um, we were talking about how it would make a cool children's book. And I had about three hours where I wasn't driving and I started just kind of jotting something down and it just ended up rhyming. There was was a rail car named 858 and that was her, the number she had on her was 8558 when I first bought her. So um, she used to haul all kinds of freight from apples to horses and coconuts too. She'd be right behind the engine shouting choo-choo. So that was that just came out of me, and I was like, "Whoa, (laughs) okay." So let me see how far I can take this. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had it all written in less than three hours. So it's thirteen pages of stanzas, and then on the flip side is illustrations. So thirteen illustrations as well, and I illustrated it and watercolored every single image, and then uh, self-published it on Amazon. It's going like for fourteen ninety nine, and but I think it's really great. And and in the back also, it has where um, some the pictures of my actual renovation, and then also has a seek and find activity so that they can go through the book and try to find um, little creatures that are hidden throughout every image. So it keeps them engaged as well.
1: Nice. So are you planning? Any sequels? Any, any sequel children's books?
0: Yes. So I actually wrote um, my second book over a Halloween weekend. We took a road trip to Arizona. And mm-hmm. um, I was also, again, trapped in the car for several hours. So that seems to be when I write best, um, when I can be inspi- inspired by the landscape that's passing me. And I'm an outdoor educator in, in real life. So this next book is way more focused on outdoor education. It's it still all rhymes, but I teach about the state bird, the cactus wren, about how it doesn't fly very well, but and what it eats. I talk about the uh, saguaro cactus, how it can drink up to like 200 gallons in one rainfall and then journey hannah hannah and banjo which is my little dog in real life he's a weenie dog okay um but we go to the petrified national forest um with the tiny house the grand canyon and saguaro national park so i highlight all of those areas and the geology behind those as well and um i just am about to start painting all of the illustrations i have all the illustrations done so we'll see. This one, I'm planning to do like a book for every state. Nice. In that, in that kind of same format where I educate on the flora and the fauna and the geology of that state as well as the national parks.
1: Nice. And, and I guess the tiny, Journey the Tiny House makes an appearance in all of them.
0: Yes. She is the, in, she's the main transportation in all of the books, they're going to be um, the characters will be inside a journey, and she'll take them there. And she's in all the national park-like illustrations. Uh-huh. She's getting to see the parks too. So the second book, onward, won't necessarily be based on a hundred percent truth, like the first book pretty much was. But yeah, to just continue that kind of RV, tiny house life yep. for kids and road trips.
1: So in in the f- first book, is the is the plot of the book essentially just kind of telling the story of, of renovating the house?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's talking about how Journey used to be a really excited, um, happy working rail uh, rail car. And then one day she was abandoned mm-hmm. and she found herself at auction and she was really scared because she didn't know if she was going to turn into scrap metal or what. And then Um, This girl named Hannah and her dog Banjo come to her rescue and end up um, saying, I have this really great plan for you. I've always wanted a tiny house. And so then um, it goes through me renovating it with my parents and how all of the supplies came second hand, but it didn't keep her from becoming quite grand, Uh which is true in real life. And then it also trap goes um from tennessee to nevada so it goes on a, a t- talks about the road trip we took there with the journey as well
1: that's awesome well i'm i'm looking forward to getting a copy i'm i'm going to order it and actually um one of our one of our listeners one of our live listeners in the chat said that he already purchased a copy so
0: the title of it how, how journey came to be a tiny house for me
1: nice and that's um that's on Amazon? hmm Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will definitely link to the book in the show notes uh, for this episode for sure. Um who's the who's the dog in the mural? Is that Vanjo?
0: The that's actually a wind chime. Oh. That's hanging. Yeah. It looks like it's part of the mural, but it's not.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Now that I'm I'm looking closer and I can see that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's in the perfect spot. It looks like the dog is kind of climbing the mountain.
0: I know. yeah.
1: So as an outdoor educator, you know, how has living tiny, you know, has it helped you in your career? Has it helped with your lifestyle? Like how does that fit in with, with your work life?
0: Um, I would say it keeps me like thinking minimal when I'm, when I'm out backpacking or whatever for my job um or for personal fun. You can only take with you what you need Mm -hmm. and that's definitely reflected in tiny house living. I have a ton of hobbies. I've um just made them a priority Mm -hmm. to for storage in my house. So I've got a kayak underneath my house. Nice. All of my extra storage is Dedicated to climbing, rock climbing equipment, camping, backpacking equipment, um, and art supplies because I love to paint, and make jewelry, and stuff in my free time. But yeah, it just minimalism is a part of the outdoor industry too, you know. Yeah, um, and I think that those that and tiny living just goes hand in hand.
1: Yeah, no, you definitely the um, people who are just super into climbing or mountain biking or just all these things, just trying to live as simply as they can and live as close to those activities as they can. Right. -hmm. So do you, uh, do you have plans for, um, you know, any, any moves or, you know, any, any more building plans or are you, are you sticking with journey for the time for the foreseeable future?
0: Oh yeah. Journey for definitely the foreseeable future. I don't, Really, see me moving away from tiny house life until I've picked a place where I maybe want to buy a house and um settle down you know the I do have some improvements I wanna do on journey like the the mini split, and with the cost of that, I feel like I have to live in here now for a few more years, yeah. <laughs> but then you know I'm thinking like after I am. Through living in Journey, either turning it into an Airbnb or an art studio. Nice. Yeah.
1: What, I'm curious if you could go back and give yourself advice as you were starting on Journey and on this project, what advice would you give to Hannah from from the past?
0: Oh, um... One thing that I, I wish I would have paid better attention to is where my electrical outlets are. Okay. I re- really would have loved a few more in my kitchen. And um, the there's one by my bed that I love to plug my phone into, but I wish I would have split it up because the cord of my phone is like laying on, on me when I sleep. Uh. <laughs> so um, I would I would look at... The electrical outlets a little bit better, and you know it. It was really hard when we were building. um it, you know, people glamorize that oh, it's so great, and and it is after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, during it, it's really hard. You you know, you're arguing, things are stressful. Things aren't. Y- you make a cut, and it's the wrong cut, and you have to run to Lowe's for the fourth time for the day. So it it can be super frustrating. And there were days that I, I knew that if I didn't just go with the flow that I might have my, my dad quit, <laughs> my dad quit on me. Um, you know, cause I was working my parents pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, also like a word of encouragement to anybody who's listening is that you can do it. It is going to be hard work not all rainbows and butterflies like maybe some you know reality tv shows make it look Um, but you can get through it and it's so worth it after you're living in it and you have your own walls your own you don't have to have a roommate if you don't want to and so that's really brings you a lot of peace
1: yeah that's awesome if you don't mind what what are your living expenses now
0: So I live in an RV park that is more expensive than um, some other ones in the area, but you get what you pay for. It's $6.50 a month here, and that does include all my electricity and water. It includes, they have a community pool and a hot tub, um, and they have really nice bathrooms. Like if your tiny house doesn't have a bathroom, Mm -hmm. they have really nice bathrooms and showers. And it's very safe, super duper safe, um, which is great. Um, There were some RV parks closer to where I work. I didn't have like a 35 minute, 40 minute commute to work every day Mm -hmm. one way. Um, There were some places that were closer, but they were only about $200 cheaper and they were really sketchy. Oh, yeah.
1: Are there any other tiny houses in, in your RV park or are you the only one?
0: I'm the only one that's permanent. We have a few that come and go and it's always super exciting when there's another one in the park, but yeah, and people, people walk by. There's a lot of people that own dogs here. So they're walking by a lot and, and always, they'll always they comment, Oh, I love your, I love your paint job or I love your house. And I always am like, do you want to come inside? <laughs> Cause you know, I, I know what, how excited I am when another tiny house pulls in. Like I want to see the inside. So, um, if uh, I've given several impromptu tours, um, but I, I love just sharing the possibilities that are out there with folks.
1: Nice. Well, one thing that I like to ask, um, all of my guests is, um, what are two or three resources? So it could be like books or even like YouTube channels or websites, some things that, were really helpful for you when you were figuring this all out um that you could share with our listeners.
0: My honestly, my biggest resource was my dad. I got super lucky. Like I didn't have to Google a thing. My dad um was a contractor, so he built houses and he had every single tool with the exception of, I think we went out and bought one tool the entire time. And he uh, so he knew all he had all the tools already and knew how to use them all. But I also used Pinterest a lot to be able to pin my style and kind of Mm -hmm. that way I could visually communicate to my parents what I was looking for and, and give that kind of direction um, so that they could help me. I could help, I could help them help me basically. So I would say Pinterest um, and my dad, knowing, knowing somebody who knows what they're doing will save you so much time.
1: That is for sure. So we'll be putting Hannah's dad's phone number in the show notes, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, kidding. He's
0: retired. He's retired, and he knows what he's doing. So, <laughs> Just saying.
1: well, um, do you have maybe uh, to make this fair? Because like the mural is pretty amazing. Do you have a favorite feature of the house that it besides the mural?
0: Mm, I really love how we did my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is super cool but my bed is on um wheels and it stores under about a it's a, like a foot and a half tall i call it my loft but um you okay. know it's a foot and a half off the ground okay. and um on top on top of that is my that foot and a half riser is my living room so my bed rolls out from underneath my living room at night oh. um into goes into my kitchen and it's a full-size bed I could have fit a queen but I I decided to go just a few inches you know skinnier so that I could kind of walk around my bed if I needed to was hoping it would be easier to make the bed cool um but the rack the rack is um from a pier one that was going out of business it was a rug display rack so it's like this big metal um rectangle with grid pattern in it okay um and we just drilled some holes and put wheels casters on it. And then the fancy rug display hardware where you can pull the rug out, you know, on the the rack. It's like barn door sliding hardware, which is crazy expensive for what it is. So we were able to buy that with the rug display rack and then turn that into what my pocket door on my bathroom operates on. So I I think all for $45. Wow. Yeah. So how
1: long, I mean, you have all these, these kind of stories about finding these, these perfect, these items that seem like perfectly repurposed. How long did the whole process take with, with all of this, you know, looking for materials?
0: Um, gosh, I, maybe five months. Cause I bought the tiny house at auction just to, I'd say no more than a month um, before I graduated and then was able to start working on it. Uh-huh. Um, so, I'd say four to five months, we were looking for stuff, slash, also the three months included in that, that it, we were building. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Well, now you must have worked tirelessly to get it done that quickly and find all those materials.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was, I had graduated and didn't have a job yet. I was about to start the one in Las Vegas. Um, and then my mom wasn't working at the time either. So basically you had two people working full-time on it. And then my dad working from 6 p.m. to nine ten p.m. at night. And then every weekend, wow. Wow. three
1: months. Well, it's a very inspiring story. And I I thank you so much for for coming on the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast and, and sharing it with our listeners. Thank you so much, Hannah.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate all of your time. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you so much to Hannah Doss for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes, including a full transcript of this episode and lots of photos of Hannah's amazing tiny home at thetinyhouse.net slash 148. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 148. Also, don't forget to go to thetinyhouse.net slash engage to learn more about the Tiny House Engage online community. I am welcoming new members starting on Tuesday, and I hope one of them is you. All right, that's all for our show. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with
0: another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.